With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson for week 14. Matt, how you doing today? I am great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, you know, we're, we're getting down to it. December football, uh, like we've talked about the last couple of weeks, we, we see things tightening, we see things getting interesting. Matt, I mean, there's no greater matchup than this week's Thursday night game against the Chiefs hosting the Raiders. Best game of the week, I think. We don't get to say that often for Thursday night football. Your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, um, I am interested. I mean, I think that Oakland is certainly in the conversation now as the league's best team. Um, I think the biggest weakness of the Raiders is probably their run defense. And I wonder if Kansas City has the recipe to just control the ball on the ground and, you know, in a typical Chiefs fashion and keep Carr and company on the sidelines. I'm not sure that they're good enough on the ground to do that. And if it gets to be a shootout, you know, I don't think the Chiefs are equipped to deal with that either. Um, But it'll be really interesting. I mean, both these teams are playing very well. Yeah, the um, the Chiefs don't have a scary run game, but I think they can exploit the Raiders with Kelsey, um, Raiders have problems really everywhere in defense except Khalil Mack, it seems. Um, and they have troubles topping the tight end. I think the Chiefs can do that. They did it the first time they played. The Chiefs, you know, only gave up 10 points to Oakland the first time around. And it's going to be in their place. It's going to be cold. And, you know, the Chiefs are very, you know, they, they, got a lot, they get a lot. They lead the league in turnovers, and they're opportunistic. And Carr hasn't thrown many interceptions. So I just think it's going to be a real... A, a real interesting battle, and I think the Chiefs are a little better. I think, you know, the, the, the home field is going to help them, but the Raiders don't lose, and we've talked about it, and, we, and they showed it again this week. They were down by 15, and I was watching that game, and you just felt like they are going to turn it on and win, and, and, and that's what they've been doing. So that's why I think this is going to be a full 60-minute game again. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, we, we also have a – a good Monday nighter coming up. I mean, some good primetime games. It's a great way to kick off, you know, the home stretch here uh, of the regular season and has massive playoff implications, too. You know, I mean, the Kansas City could find themselves sitting in a driver's seat for a bye. And I do think the matchup probably, you know, is about as bad a one as the Raiders could get. You know, I mean, if you're looking at Oakland and – would you rather play? I'm, the Chiefs might be the team that I would least want to play if I'm the Raiders in the postseason, you know, or in a game that absolutely is critical because they are right. well coached and they don't make a ton of mistakes. And Oakland does still take a lot of penalties. And can they stop that running game? Right. Yeah. I mean, again, the, that game wasn't close. The Chiefs punched them in the mouth. And 
Bills did too until about midway through the third quarter, and then it totally flipped. So, I mean, maybe maybe the Raiders are a different team now that they know how to figure things out. But I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be a real great game. You mentioned New England, Baltimore. Has Baltimore impressing you? They haven't impressed me, but they're starting to win. And that game against Miami was a, was a nice winner. Is this a team that's ready to get it figured out? Yeah, I become a believer. You know, I was very reluctant to become a believer in the Raiders or the Ravens because you know they were sloppy and all their wins were by just a handful of points, and it always felt against like bad teams. Yeah, bad teams. You know, the first half schedule was very easy. You know, played the Browns twice, and um, but their defense is really good. Um, I'm kind of a Flacco apologist because I recruited him to Pitt and I root for him way back when, but he hasn't been himself, and, and now in this game, you know, he's coming off a big injury this offseason and didn't play at all in the preseason, and this this game he looked like himself, and he was really sharp and threw the ball a ton, and the big key with the Ravens for me is I just trust the organization. You know, they're so built for this time of year, and they're really good on special teams, and Justin Tucker never misses a kick, and I honestly think Harbaugh is – one of the absolute best coaches in the league. I mean, I'd probably only put Pete Carroll and Belichick ahead of him if I were to do rankings. Wow. And the organization's strong, and they're good on both lines of scrimmage, and nobody runs on them. I mean, their defense is so stout against the run that, you know, I, I, I look at this division and think, man, I really want, as, as an NFL analyst, as a national guy, as a fan, I want the the Ravens and the Steelers to end up in the postseason, and I wonder if it can happen. I mean, they both could they play each other, but they could both end up being ten and six or so. Yeah, I mean, they, they you know Denver would have to stub its toe a little bit. They're, they're at the yeah. sixth spot, eight and four, but um, that's possible. I, I still think the Denver. I mean, Denver's eight and four. We thought they were going to be so so this year. We're twelve games into it. They're not. They're they're better than so so. And so I, I don't know if they're going to stub their toe. You know, I saw an interesting thing today that Gary Kubiak said he's going to give – he's just going to put his team through a walkthrough tomorrow in their first day of preparation for Tennessee. I've never seen that before, a, a Wednesday walkthrough. I mean, that's usually – coaches usually can't help themselves and, and, and give that their players that extra rest. They, You know, they need that two hours on the field. Is that a eyebrow-raising move for you, either good or bad? I mean – that surprising to you? I don't know what his logic for doing that is, but uh, like, kind of like you said, I've never heard of that either. No, and especially at this point in the year, where you know, I mean, a team in the playoff hunt. I mean, I guess I give him credit for it. it it's interesting. Yeah, I don't have a lot else to add to it, and I'm curious. You know, uh, sometimes you know, you've, you've been around teams, and maybe his team just needs that for some reason, or. Maybe he thinks that's the right move for some. He obviously thinks it's the right move. But... He, that he, saw, he said they wore down in the heat in Jacksonville on Sunday. Okay. But, I mean, they're not going to be in the heat much more this season, you know? No, right. You know, but, I mean, maybe his team doctors or the, uh, the people in the weight room and the, all, the physical pe- all the physical therapists and things that work for the team are saying, man, the team seems depleted. I mean, let's not work them this week. Uh, somebody's probably in his ear giving him, you know, some kind of advice behind the scenes. I just like that he has the confidence to do it. You know, I mean, not many coaches yeah. would. You know, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, you know, that to, 
it, you're right because more than almost any you know people I've been around NFL players and coaches and you know this too I mean they hate to you know diverge from the norm you know they're such creatures right. of habit that it, I love to see outside the box thinking it doesn't happen nearly enough right like Mike Shanahan just for example there's no way he would have done it and he's a player's guy but he wouldn't have taken away he wouldn't have taken away the the, the time on the field. And I, I don't think Jack Del Rio. I'm just thinking of guys I know that they just wouldn't have done it. So we'll see and how it works. Kind of interesting, just compounding that. And you know, Gruden was saying this a lot last night in the Monday night game. Is the CBA is so prohibitive to coaching up your guys that you would mm-hmm. think you take every second of practice time you absolutely can. You know, Gruden was talking about poor Petty and Hackenberg. They don't get any snaps, and how do you get them ready? And I think his points are extremely valid, and I hope the CBA gets changed. So, yeah, I mean, for coaches to say, okay, we won't use that valuable practice time, we'll just do, you know, something much less strenuous is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Earl Thomas injury. I know you're a big Earl Thomas fan. I know a couple months ago on this show you said you thought he was the key to that defense and and a a Hall of Fame type player. Now that he's out for the year, what happens to his defense? is, Is this as big as the Gronk injury to the New England offense? No, but similar. You know, I mean, I, I think when you look at best non-quarterback players out there, you know, J.J. Uh, Watt, Gronk, you know, who are the people you would least want to lose? Thomas is on that short list. Von Miller, Cleo Mack, you know, I mean, I think he's on that short list. But unlike those other guys, including the New England offense, his supporting cast is so good, you know, that, uh, I, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of defenses out there that would say, Okay, if you're going to give me Averill, Bennett, Wright, Wagner, Chancellor, and Sherman, I think we'll be okay. You know, I mean, they're still loaded. But I do believe those guys I just mentioned, you know, the the core of this defense that has made this such a great unit for five years or so now, that I think if you were to rank them in terms of their importance, I think Thomas is at the top of the list. He's the guy you want to lose least. And why I say that is because – He's the eraser, you know. I mean, I wrote, just wrote an article about this, and I compared him to the wolf in uh, Pulp Fiction. You know, I mean, he just erases problems. <laughs> I solve problems. You know, that it allows Sherman to jump routes more because he knows Earl's back there. It allows them to bring more pressure because he eliminates problems in the middle of the field. I mean, he since Ed Reed, he's the best last layer of defense that I've ever seen. Uh, that I've seen, and. What's going to be interesting is because he has so much range and allows them to play so much single high, is, can the next guy do that? Can Terrell do that? And if he can't, that means they have to take Chancellor and play a lot more with a cover two shell and move him out of the box and move him to the, a deep patrol, you know, at least a lot more than they want to. And that's exactly what you don't want to do with Chancellor. So I'll be interesting to see if they change up their routine more. They are playing more man coverage this year and varying things under Chris Richard than they did in the past. Um, but Thomas allows all those things to happen. It just seems Seattle just can't get it all going at the same time. There's injuries, and then they get going, and they lose to Tampa Bay, and now this injury. It just seems like it's just the season's been just difficult for them to maneuver through. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, just just when you, I, I feel like on this podcast I've mentioned almost every week, like, well, from here on out, Seattle's going to roll, and they're going to show that they're the best team in the league. And um, 
it's just not as easy as it looks. You know, I mean, Bennett gets hurt. Now Thomas gets hurt. And no one saw that Tampa Bay loss coming. And in looking at it, that's not as bad a loss as we thought either. I mean, Tampa Bay's won four in a row, and they're a good, better team than we thought. Um, I still think, though, that the defense might not be one of the best two or three in the league without Thomas, but it should be very good. And the offense is only getting better. You know, I mean, like Lockett's getting more involved now, and Rawls looks good. The line scares you, but Wilson's healthy, and Graham's such a problem, and Baldwin's a constant. You know, that I still like their chances to win the whole thing. We'll be talking about this potential matchup a lot, but right now a Seattle-Dallas final in the NFC seems likely. Um, for better lack of a better word, who matches up better in that right now without Thomas? Hmm. Probably Seattle. Yeah. Because even in in Dallas. Even in Dallas, I think I would take Seattle if they were to play that game today. Um, I don't like how Dallas rushes a passer. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. their run defense is okay. But I think Wilson would carve those guys up, and I think Graham would have a big day. I think they could run on Dallas pretty well. And the other side of the ball is certainly scary. I mean, Dallas's offense is really good. But I think Seattle's D could hang with them at the line of scrimmage and Sherman on Dez. Yeah, I like Seattle in that game. Yeah, interesting. I mean, and I trust Wilson more than Prescott, which isn't, you know, a – a knock on Dak at all, but he hasn't been there. Super Bowl winner to a rookie, that's fine, you know. Right, right. Uh, AFC South has suddenly got interesting. It hasn't suddenly gotten good, but it's interesting. I mean, it's a th- you know, th- was it three-way tie right now? Yeah, and the Colts just whipped the Jets. I mean, and I kind of saw that coming. It makes me kind of lean towards Indianapolis as the chance, the best chance to come out of that division. Tennessee's coming off a bye, though. I mean, that, that, that crazy week 13 late bye, maybe their guys are a little healthier and have a little more oomph, you know, for that final month of the season. They don't win any division games, though. I mean, I don't know if it's a mental hurdle with them or what, but they need to start whipping up on the teams in their division, and, and that might be a year away. And I look at Houston and say, boy, I like your defense, but your quarterback's just too bad. It's just, it's just not going to happen with Houston, is it, this year? I mean, they're not going to figure it out enough on offense. I don't think And I kind of so. don't want Houston to win because I don't want to see another 30-0 to home playoff loss, you know? <laughs> right, and that could happen to Tennessee or Indy, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, if they host the Steelers or the Chiefs or the Broncos or, you know, some wild-card team, I mean, no matter week one of the AFC playoffs, I am not going to pick the AFC South team. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, you think the Colts could actually be the team to beat in this last rush? I guess, and that's mostly or 100% Even almost. with that defense? So bad, I know. I mean, I have not been a Colts supporter, but Luck's playing great, and the offense is really good. I know. I, I still think Tennessee's the best team of the three or the four. I just don't trust them to win division games and get there. But Luck is the best player in this in this division. Yes, and most important, yeah. right. yes. You know, I mean, right. they have the most impact too, obviously. Right. I, I know. Uh, see, that's why it's so it's it, it's going to be an interesting race, but it's only going to be matter for a week in the playoffs, and then, like you said, they'll probably whoever merges will get blown out. But 
it's going to be fun to see the process, you know. Right, and, you know, we know there's a lot of division games left in all the divisions and all the Week 17 games are division matchups, so it'll be, there'll be a lot of jockeying, you know, to see. Maybe Houston gets hot. Who knows? I mean, but right. Uh, you're right. It will be interesting, but probably moot after, you know, when the playoffs hit. Right. Um, two questions about the Steelers, and, and we, we've, we've all been expecting the Steelers to take a, take a run up. Well, Darius Green is healthy, and he, and he looked good the other day. And the defense looked good. Is is that a good sign? I mean, do you see both these things helping really propelling them into the playoffs and being a factor in the wide-open AFC uh, playoffs? The first of the two, I very much believe, yes. You know, that I think whenever they knew Martavis Bryant was going to be suspended for the year, they went out and they – you know, I live in Pittsburgh. I'm 43 years old, and I've never seen a tight end in this town like Ladarius Green. I mean, they're Mark Bruner and Heath Miller and two-way blockers, and they changed what they did when the Bryant suspension hit. As we want a field stretcher, we need another big guy to go up and get the ball. And I think they've had this master plan in place, and they're finally getting to implement it. And he looks great, you know, and he's healthy, and he's got fresh legs. He's that wild card to take this offense up yet another level. I don't know that I believe in the defense. They don't rush the passer well at all. Their last three wins were the Browns, the Colts without luck and numerous other injuries, and a Giants team that's vastly overrated. But some of their young guys are getting better. So maybe they have taken a step forward, a small baby step forward. Is it enough? I mean, can it get better, or is it just just kind of what it is? The pass rush is going to get any better. I think the pass rush is going to be their number one off-season priority. Yeah, I mean they're well coached, and I, the Steelers at their best it might be the best team in the AFC still. I mean, my, my thoughts on that haven't changed. I mean. Uh, considering the Gronk injury and look at Denver's quarterback situation and inability to run the ball. And, yeah, I like the Raiders. Yeah, I like the Chiefs. But I think Pittsburgh could hang with them and uh, at their best. Uh, is their defense good enough? I mean, it's, it's better than Oakland's. Yeah. Probably. And, and Pittsburgh, <laughs> I mean, Pittsburgh can score, right. you know, pretty explosively. No question. And tough place to play. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, I look at New England and think, yeah, you're still probably the favorites to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm really impressed with Oakland, but I've been stealing your analogy that we talked about a week or two ago, that right. they're the, the last year Cubs, you know, that they're the right. 2015 Cubs. I still think that yeah. they need one more offseason, more experience, and Steelers a big Ben. Right, right. Who's going to win that? I'll probably ask you this three more times before the playoffs start. Who's going to win the uh, the North? AFC or NFC? AFC North. Ravens or Steelers? I think Pittsburgh, you know, and it I probably will come down to their their matchup. They have one more game. It's in Pittsburgh. They historically win that game. They historically lose in Baltimore. Their schedule's a little easier than Baltimore's the rest of the way. But, again, I mean, I want to see both teams. I mean, uh, Denver, to me, isn't as good as Pittsburgh and Baltimore right now. You know, like, we were talking about the AFC landscape. Mm-hmm. I think if you could pick the best teams to go, who would make the most enjoyable playoffs? You'd have the South, 
you'd have the Patriots, you'd have both teams in the North, and you'd have the Chiefs and the Raiders. Yeah. So, so Ravens better than the Broncos at this point. I think so, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but the similar formula. I trust the quarterback more. I don't like the the the, the Broncos offense right now. Their line isn't very good. They don't run the ball at all since C.J. Anderson's been out. I mean, it shows how much they miss Simeon, and to me, that's kind of telling. Mm-hmm. Justin Forsett's not going to help them. I mean, that's that's asking way too much of a guy who's done, right? I think he's done. Yeah, I mean, and even yeah. like Capri Bibbs looked okay this past week. Then he gets hurt, and right. I, I, Booker's right. really struggling. Did you? Is, is that just because he's not ready to be a main guy? And he needs to be a change of pace guy, and he can't be at this point. It's a good question. I mean, I liked him coming out of school. I thought he fit the system really well. Heard good things. You know, fumbling has been a problem for him at, at every level. Um, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't look like he has much of a burst. Uh, he's never going to be a run-away-from-you type of guy, and, and a lot of people have compared him to Arian Foster as sort of a smooth zone runner. And I can see those things, but I'm not seeing much burst, and maybe it's also just learning and the line's not helping him too, but uh, it's it's not working. Denver needs a lot this offseason, doesn't it, on offense? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I've always thought that, they could use a true slot receiver type, you know, the one more wide out. I like C.J. Anderson a lot, though. You know, that yeah. I, I don't know that I would tinker with the running back situation too much. You know, if you have Anderson, Booker, Bibbs, I mean, I think you live with that. Maybe add one more or something and see what happens. But the line right. could use some help. I mean, I, I like their center, Paradise, Paradise, a lot. But the rest of the line could probably use a starter or two, especially at right tackle. Yeah. Hey, I asked you about New England, uh, excuse me, Pittsburgh's defense. Now, New England's defense showed some pass rush this last week against the Rams. I know it was the Rams. Yeah. Is, does that show you anything, or you still have concerns there? I still have major concerns there. Yeah. You know, that, uh, historically, and it's a Belichick thing, they give up a lot of yards, and then they don't give up a ton of points. And you can win a lot of games like that when Tom Brady's your quarterback and your offense is great. But their pass rush certainly worries me. I mean, if they're going to play the Steelers or the Chiefs in the playoffs and they can't get the car or Ben, their secondary is not good enough to hold up. Um, so, yeah, and surprisingly, Goskowski's missing more kicks than usual, too. You know, you can always count on the Ravens and the, and the Patriots to be really good on special teams, and they're a little down on there, in there, too. Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, their pass rush... They had 49 sacks last year, and they have 26 after 12 games right now. That's a huge loss. A huge drop, yeah. I didn't realize but, but you that But you trade a guy with 12.5, I mean, you're just asking for it, right? Yeah, and Collins is a good pass rusher, too. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Jones, the Jones move was gigantic. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that drastic. And, um, you know, they're not a super heavy blitz team. Uh, you know, they're kind of a bend-but-don't-break kind of defense. And that's great. I mean, and all, Flowers you know, is their sack leader with four. Yeah, that's what I was about to say is who's the above-average pass rusher on the team? You know, I mean, it's not Chris Long. I mean, I think Flowers is an okay player. Sheard is a solid starter. But none of those guys are, you know, a B or a B-plus pass rusher. I mean, let alone Justin Houston, Vaughn Miller, Khalil Mack, you know, and some of the guys that right. are going to be in the postseason. Right. 
going to be interesting what they do in the offseason with pass rush because they obviously they made a statement with these two guys, but you have to replace them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think they like the Roberts kid at linebacker, and he probably you know he's going to be a two down guy. But they do need to find a pass rusher, and even their defensive tackles. Like they drafted easily in the first round a couple years ago, and I knew he was a problem child coming out of Florida. They cut him, and he's been a very good player for the Rams. You know, as as an interior pass rusher. So, I mean, imagine if you had all those guys that you you once had that you basically gave up on. Yeah, I mean, again, you can't you can't complain about Belichick until I guess you can start doing it. But you know what I mean? It's worked for him this long, but they he could cost himself a championship this year by losing all that talent on defense. We've talked yeah, about it before, and we've talked about that before. I mean, clearly they would be a better team with Collins and especially Jones. And um, I mean, I get why he did it. I suppose, especially the Jones move, he got picks for him and. You know, they, they didn't think they could sign everybody, and that's great and all. But you know, how long are you and Brady going to be there? You know, I mean, go all in. And it, it, it's surprising that they don't go all in, you know, as opposed to you know, trading away assets that are paying off somewhere else. And Jones is having a great year for the Cardinals. Right, right. Hey, did, did the Dolphins ruin everything of that six-game losing streak with that loss at Baltimore? Uh, I mean, was that – they have a shot in the playoffs. I think they're pretty well cooked. You know, I mean, you, the, the teams that I mentioned that I'd like to see in the playoffs, I would also put Denver ahead of them. Um, that was a loss I didn't see. I mean, uh, that was a hard game for me to pick because I thought it would be pretty equal. The way Miami was playing, I was a believer. They were rushing the passer well. Tannehill was playing well. And they got smoked. You know, their defense got really exposed, too. I mean, a lot of zone coverage. Flacco just picking them apart, often in the middle of field. Pitta after the catch. Um, But I still look at the Dolphins. There's a handful of teams that aren't playing great or aren't contenders. Philadelphia, Miami, that I look at and say, the arrow's still going up on this organization. You know, this was a successful year with a, a new coach, um, I think Tannehill's a quarterback. There's pieces in place that I look at this team and say, that as an organization, they're better off than they were a year ago at this time. Production. So it, there's, there is production being made this year. Can you possibly say that about Cleveland, too, as silly as it sounds, that there is production, they're better than they were a year ago? Even they're a winless team? Sort of. You know, I yeah. mean... The thing that the thing that the reason I wouldn't isn't because of the record. I mean, I said a million times in the off season the Browns might not win a game this year. They have the worst roster I've ever seen. You know, I said these things ad nauseum over and over and over, and that's part of the plan. I mean, they're all about building through the draft, and you know, uh, they they knew they weren't going to be ten and six this year. I mean, they knew they were going to be a terrible team. I mean, all their best players are playing somewhere else, and they're going to get draft picks in return and comp picks and trading down. But my, my reason for pause, because I like that the there's certainly a, a plan in place here. You know, it's not just random throwing darts and hoping things hit. But they, had, they brought in 14 draft picks. And who of those guys are playing well, though? You know what I mean? Like, that's my concern is I, I wish that they had a draft class like San Diego's or Dallas where you say, 
okay, Bosa's a guy, Elliott's a guy, Dak's a guy, Hunter Henry's a guy, Davis Brown's a guy. You know, that we have some building blocks, and we haven't seen enough right. of Coleman to know. They drafted a bunch of pass rushers, and they've none of those guys have been bad, but you don't look at Emmanuel Ogba and say, that guy's going to the Pro Bowl someday. You know, I mean, so right. phase one of bringing in new talent, I can't give a good grade to yet. I mean, it's still incomplete, but it should be better. You just mentioned San Diego, and San Diego has had a disappointing year, yet it's very typical, lots of injuries, lots of blown games, and it may cost the coach his job. But do you think Tolesco should stay the GM? I mean, you just mentioned all these core pieces in the draft. Do you think they should completely blow it up, or just what would you do if you were the San Diego decision makers? I wouldn't make any changes. You know, I would keep no? the GM, I'd keep the coach. And I'm not sure that he's a great head coach, don't get me wrong. But I think their coordinators are really good, and I think that their systems are good and they're good schemers. And I don't think he's a great game day coach or whatever, but uh, you know, if you get rid of him and you scrap everything at River's age, I don't think that's the right move. And, you know, I talked about this a lot, that I thought this offseason the Chargers were the team from 2015 to 2016 that were going to take the biggest step forward. And in some ways, I'm right. You know, I mean, it didn't turn out that way, but their quality of play on the field was much better. And I look at that roster and think they really don't have any holes. You know, that they're going to have another offseason. I think they had the best offseason or one of the best offseasons of anyone in the league. I mentioned their draft class. And you add, like, Casey Hayward's a really good player for them. He's one of the best corners in the league right now. And Brandon Ebane and, you know, some of these free agent additions. And I look at that team and think, you get Keenan Allen back and Jason Verrett and Woodhead and Stevie Johnson, and every team has injuries, but those are huge ones. And it's a big portion of the year without them. With one of the league's best quarterbacks, add another you know, top 10 pick or top 12 pick and another free agent or two, add an offensive lineman and a safety, and all of a sudden they might be you know, one of the best teams in the, in the AFC. Wow, that AFC West would be stacked then. Yeah, imagine that. I mean, if they were a big step forward next year, wow. Yeah, the Denver should be good again. I mean, we, we talked about that, and Kansas City's not going anywhere, and Oakland's going to be really good. So that would be something to look forward to. Uh, Tampa Bay in the in the South, NFC South, are you a believer yet, or is this just kind of – I mean, this is another young team that's really making strides, and – We'll, it, we'll call it a productive year whether they make the playoffs or not. But can they make the playoffs? Maybe. I mean, Atlanta's fighting a lot of injuries right now. Matthews, Trufant's out, uh, Julio's not 100%, Sanu. Those guys have the same records. Tampa's uh, – I thought they were going to pick in the top eight. You know, like, if, you, if we had a conversation a month ago, I'm like, their season's over. Jameis looks good, and they've got some pieces, but they need a lot of work. They need a big offseason. It's, to me, one of the more shocking developments, what they've done these last four games. Because the exception of the Bears, I mean, they're beating good teams. <laughs> they're beating Seattle and Kansas City. I mean, they're beating good teams. Um, so, yeah, I am a believer. I think they're very well coached, too, and I think they qualify, like we were talking about with Miami and Philadelphia, that the arrow in the organization is very much going up. I believe a bazillion percent in Winston. Getting Doug Martin back, I think, has been huge for them. 
Um, Mike Evans is a star, but they still don't have a ton of talent. Like, who are the other receivers? And the offensive right. line is not very good. And, you know, guys like Spence and Ayers and McCoy and David are playing well, but they still could use two or three defensive starters. I think they've kind of taken on the persona and the attitude of Winston. And like at Florida State, I mean, guys love playing with this guy, and he's a winner. You know, and I hate using that term, but he's a winner. Well, I mean, if, if that's if that's what the evidence is, and that's the evidence with him, and, and you've seen him elevate the play of his teammates, you got to give him that credit. That sometimes it's just as simple as that. You know, yeah. the guy's not going to lose games, and that's what's kind of going on in Oakland. They're just not losing games, and because probably because their quarterback's a winner. You know. Yeah, you know, and Winston's unbelievably competitive, and I always go back to you know he was a a closer on the Florida State. Football or a baseball team. I mean, like, that's the position I want my quarterback to play if he's playing baseball is I want the ball in my hand on the mound with a one-run lead in game seven against a great opponent. I'll win it for us. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's what you want from your quarterback is I want him to be a closer, and that's his mentality. Right. Buffalo's going to have a big decision on their its hands with uh, Tyrod Taylor. I think the number's something, like, ridiculous, like $27 million or something. I mean, yeah, do they take right this up? I mean, because I don't think they're paying him a lot this year, but it's huge, huge decision time in terms of his contract. I think you're right, and and it's a crazy number, right? I think it's twenty-seven yeah. million. What do they do? I mean, he's not more than average. He's been a decent bridge guy. There's no answer. They're not super close. I mean, they're not bad. But again, if you get rid of them, there's no great answer at all. They probably take a step back. But that salary cap number really hurts the rest of the team. I mean, what a dilemma. Yeah, and thinking about it now, what a terrible contract to sign. You know, that if you're good, and that's what everybody wants, you know, at the time of signing is hopefully you're good. Everybody wants you to be good. Well, if that's true, it's going to kill us. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's right. going to cripple our, our cap. And right. we know you're not t- going to be Tom Brady good. I mean, you're not Hall of Fame good. You're not 27 million good. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I assume you just have to pay him. I mean, there's a dozen teams in the league that would kill for Tyrod Taylor, and I like him. And he fits the system, and they want a mobile guy, and he's tough, and I, I think he's getting better. But that's a f- awful deal to be in. Maybe they come some sort of compromise and give him like 19 or something with more security or something. I don't know, but it's Make just, it a five-year deal he, or extend them or, you know, I assume that's still a possibility. But you're right. Both sides agree to the silliness, you know? Yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's more on the team. They have to know $27 million. Knowing that fact and knowing how hard it is to replace a quarterback – they just pigeonhole themselves. Yeah, and, I mean, it's an easier decision in Washington, but Cousins isn't going to be worth what he's going to make. You know, I mean, it's, right. it's one of the flaws of the league is having a quarterback is so expensive, then you can't go do anything else, you know, and the Tyrod Taylor, Kirk Cousins of the world probably aren't going to take you to the Super Bowl, but if you don't have them, you're the Browns. You know, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know what the solution is, but 
it's rough that you really don't have a choice. And, you know, I'm not knocking on Cousins, but he's okay. He's an NFL starting quarterback. So is Taylor, but they're not special. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. That's why any team that has a great quarterback just has to appreciate it. And, I, and you know, keep going to Oakland because they're a hot team. And they didn't have a quarterback for since 2004, and that's why they were so bad. You know, yeah. and now they got one, and it's one of the main reasons why they're getting so good. So it's it's just a reminder of, you know, the Denver Broncos. I mean, they they were gifted Peyton Manning for four years, and three of them were really good. And you know, it's just that it all comes down to that position. The Packers got to be. Yeah, I mean, you know? it could be the Matt Schaub Texans or the Chiefs or the Dalton-led Bengals and you know, perennially be in the playoffs or a contender if everything's well and you have a good coach. But it's awful hard to win the Super Bowl with the, with that formula, although the, the Broncos just did. You know, I mean, Manning wasn't Manning last year. Uh, but the other key there, and, and your Raiders have it going on now, you know, where Seattle had it for a long time, Indy had it for a long time, that you have a stud quarterback, but you're not paying them like a stud quarterback. You know, the right. Tennessee's window – Tampa's window, where they're paying rookie contracts to high-level quarterbacks, hopefully in you know, these next couple of years, is really your window to build a stud team like Seattle did. Right, yeah. And, you know, yeah, Oakland got, got Carr in the second round. They were able to build around that with, you know, with his cheap years, you know. Yeah. And it's, and they built an offensive line around him. So there's, there's ways to do it. It's just um, – it's like Dallas is really set up now. You know, if you move on from Romo yeah. and you're paying Dak money for the next four or five, that's great. You know, where build up Baltimore, that defense, get some pass rushers. Right. You know, exactly. You know, you get rid of the Romo contract and go sign of an edge pass rusher and draft one too. Or you know, where Baltimore wins the Super Bowl and Flacco's okay, but because you had to pay him so much at the timing, you don't have Coleccio Semley anymore. You know, or, you know that there's guys always walking out the door there because how much you paying your quarterback? Right, right. Um, last thing I want to talk about is the Jets. I know many, many people watching that game were disgusted by that effort, and it seemed like they just packed it in and they're they're satisfied with giving New England a, a good game. And I think you may have tweeted, if I'm not wrong, that blow the whole thing up, get rid of everything. I mean, is that what you think about this team? Yes, I think it's very clear what to do with this team. Well, the one thing I'm not clear about is do you blow up the coach and GM? I mean, I'm, from just a roster perspective, I think you blow it up. And from a coach and GM standpoint, and maybe I'm a Todd Bowles apologist because both those coaches last night, Pagano and Bowles, we're, are, we're both on the, the Brown staff with me, so I'm always rooting for them, and I think they're very smart, and I have a lot of respect for them. Um, clearly that things aren't going well in New York, but in terms of their roster, I think it's an, an easy but long fix. Is It almost has to be a Browns-like situation where you move on from Revis, David Harris, Marshall, probably Decker, Forte, Fitzpatrick, Mangled. I mean, they have six to ten expensive old dudes that aren't worth the money. That I think you move on from all those guys, get draft picks in return, or 
comp picks if if they're when they become free agents or just nothing, and just totally totally build through the draft. And that's what I mean by time to start over is. I don't think it'd be a don't go don't go sign Tony Romo or Jay Cutler thinking you can fix it with one guy. You know, to me that's a just making your hole deeper. Is let's start with tons of draft picks these next two years. We're going to lose a lot of games, and hopefully we build like the Raiders did, and the Browns are trying to, and that might even mean one year of Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg. Those are we're going to compete. Let those two compete for the starting job. Give them a year. We like Hackenberg enough to, you know, draft them pretty high. Let's at least see what they can do and give them a ton of reps. And if it doesn't work out, which it probably won't, then you draft a quarterback in 2018. And it's a long, painful way to do it. But I don't know what else to do. I mean, in terms of rosters, in terms of you know teams I would want to be in charge of to build a championship from the roster level, a GM level, the Jets would be very, very low on my list. <laughs> right. And, oh, you know, I mean, there, the there was excitement about this team a while, a while ago, a couple years ago, but now it's just a mess, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's so much invested in those old dudes that aren't paying off. You know, Rebus is the best example. And the quarterback situation is a nightmare. And who are the good young guys besides those defensive linemen that are going to be good three years from now? Uh, there's not many. You um, you think guys like Marshall and Mangold could help teams for a couple of years, or is that pretty much over for them? Yeah, I think so. You know that. Yeah. Uh, and certainly Decker, and he's I mean he's younger than those guys, and uh, it wouldn't shock me if Mangold retired, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if Revis retired. But Marshall's still playing very well. I mean, if I'm a contender, or put on the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles would kill for him. Or I mean, yeah. there's probably a ton of teams that could use him. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, great stuff. Well, I appreciate it, Matt. We're going to have a good December, and uh, we're heading towards week 14. Thanks, everybody, listening to No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Sounds good. Good stuff. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.